The difference between other countries and ours is that our documents don't give us any rights. Our document simply tells government when they're infringing on them. Are you freaking kidding me? Oye chico, get kidding me, get kidding me. As Americans, we need to stop being so dependent in government. Government is not the solution. Government is actually the problem. Enough is enough. It's time to put America first. Welcome everyone. Bienvenidos to another podcast for the Hispanics Lead Right, presented by the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to another episode of Hispanics Lead Right. And today we are uh, with Benny Valentin, Dr. Benny Valentin, who is running for Florida House of Representative in District 42. Benny, how are you? Good, good. How are we doing? Very good. Awesome. Benny, you are running in a very interesting area. Tell us a little bit about your district, uh, what locations it entails. Uh, what cities are in your district. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, District 42 is right in the heart of Central Florida. It's uh, right next to, like, you know, the I-4 corridor. But it's basically a very diverse um, Central Florida area where you have a lot of Hispanics, um, but you have also Caribbean um, and uh, just a plain or good mixture. Uh, District 42, one of the things that make it unique is that it involves two counties. Uh, and both counties have the same uh, level of diversity. You have Osceola County. Um, some of the cities there are like St. Cloud and little bits and pieces of Kissimmee going down into Poinciana, which is divided between Osceola and Poe County. Uh, then you have the other side, which is Poe County, Lake Wells, and about five towns like Benson, Frostproof, Indian Estates, all the way down to the, it ends at Okeechobee. So it's a big, diverse uh, district. Okay. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, Benny. Could, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, um, uh, your past experiences, your family life. Uh, that way we, our listeners can get to hear a little bit about you and get to know you. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, you know, um, your typical American family, you know, my wife, three daughters, um, you know, part of that middle class uh, that own my own business. Uh, but before I own my own business, uh, I worked for Fortune 500 companies. I used to be a director of operations, uh, training wow. coordinator for uh, for the district. Um, you know, I did that for 18 years. So I have a lot of business uh, management, training, and leadership experience there. Uh, once that part of my of my life kind of like came to, you know, close, um, I went back to school and um, I earned my uh, degree in clinical psychology. And that's what I'm currently wow. doing now. I teach as an adjunct professor at different universities. I'm subcontracted by the public school system and different universities to do counseling. Um, I also work at the sheriff's office as a chaplain, and I do a lot of mental health um, programs and classes there for law enforcement. So basically, you know, that's, uh, you know, who I am right now, part of that middle class. Um, I own a small private school. 
uh, which teaches theology and counseling. So I want to share a lot of the experiences that I have uh, with other people because I believe that uh, owning your own business, self-development, uh, self-growth, self-progress is basically the way to go. You know, um, depending on other things and depending on the government is really not uh, the avenue we, we need to strive for. But, you know, we live in the United States, one of the greatest nations of, to, you know, to be independent, to have your own business, to have the liberty, the freedom, you know, to actually do what you're passionate about in your life. Benny, you're a pastor as well, correct? Yes, I grew up, you know, in church. My grandfather was a pastor. My father was a pastor. Uh, 14, I started seminary. And at 20, was it 25, I was ordained as a minister. I pastored a few years in Puerto Rico, in um, New York. And then I pastored here two churches uh, before dedicating myself full-time to uh, to the university and to schools. Wow, that's that's amazing. Let me ask you something, you know, given your, the, the fact that you're a pastor, given the fact that you are a small business owner, you have a vast majority of experience um, in the private sector as well. Who who inspires you, Benny? Well, you know, I, I think I take my inspiration first, you know, biblically, you know, from Jesus and a lot of the men and women of God that the Bible talks about. But then I pull my inspiration um, from different sources around me. I can't really say there's one particular person, um, but, but I believe in, you know, in looking unto others and other success, you know, and instead of being jealous about it or instead of, you know, uh, being indifferent with other people's success, but take what I could take, you know, the good things about other people's success and let that inspire me. You know, we have a lot of um, Hispanics, community leaders uh, that are succeeding and that are moving forward, you know, that they came from broken homes, they, they were homeless, they came from uh, foster care, and, you know, they have done miraculous things. And I, I pull my inspiration uh, around me. If you look around you, man, there's enough to inspire you. Trust me. Well, let me ask you this. What, what vision do you have for your district? Well, the vision I have for my district is that, you know, use the diversity that we have and lift up a new group of, of leaders and business owners, uh, you know, the, this generation that we have now has so much energy, so much knowledge. And I think that if we don't put it to use, if we don't help one another, if we don't open doors for other people, you know, uh, what, what good is to have that diversity if we don't tap into it? So I see a district where, you know, I could be one, uh, one of the Hispanics, and we have a lot of Hispanics, but not a lot of Hispanics in leadership that I could be one of those Hispanics to open up the door for other young Hispanics that are coming from different states, from different countries, making Central Florida their home and telling them, hey, you could do better than just working at Disney. You could do better than just working at Walmart. You can own your own business and you can also be part of the leadership to help the county, to help our district and to help run the state of Florida. Well, that's a very inspiring message. <clears throat> How, let me, so obviously, you know, we look at people that are running for office and um, we look at people like you, you're Hispanic, uh, you're in a very diverse uh, district, as you said, as you mentioned, 
what can we do to get more Hispanics, such as yourself, uh, Hispanic women, uh, minorities to run for office? Because, you know, we, a lot of us, especially in the Hispanic community, we actually complain that there's not enough people representing us. But, you know, when we end up running for office, uh, you know, like in your case, we, sometimes we, we lack that support. You know, the Hispanic community sometimes does not go out and vote. What, what can you say to that? to that constituency of, of your potential constituency of yours? Well, you said the key thing there is support. I think that if we want to have more Hispanic candidates, we got to inspire them. We got to change the perception. I think the perception out there is that, you know, uh, it's difficult for Hispanics to win elected office. Hispanics that are not name brand established or been Korea politicians, that they don't have a good chance of winning. So to change that perception, you mentioned it, support. Right now, there are a lot of candidates, especially here in Central Florida, between Orange County, Osceola, Polk County. And that's just that's just touching Central Florida. There are a lot of Hispanics this time around running. And I think we need to come together and help those Hispanics win because there is nothing that will motivate the base to come out and vote and to come out to be future candidates than to be able to identify with the with the with the elected officials. If you can identify with them, hey, look, man, that's somebody that they came from the same you know pueblo that I grew up in. You know, if they can win, I can win. You know, and that'll motivate the base. But I think right now is that you know we got to understand what support is. That means getting on the ground level, helping one another win elected office, and then continue that trend. To help others win, not just win and forget about everybody else, but win and help others win. You know, so this is the moment. I mean, if I look at every district race in the state house, but commissioner, clerk of the courts, uh, supervisor of elections, in every elected office available in this coming elections, there are three or four Hispanics running in each one. So, what message would you send, uh, President? Uh- uh, of the RPOF right now, uh, Mr. Joe Gutters, what we, what message would you send them to be able to attract and support more Hispanic conservatives that are running for office? Because Benny, let, let's be let's be clear on this: Hispanics, as Ronald Reagan said, we are conservative. We we're Republican. We just don't know. We believe in traditional in traditional families. We believe in life. We believe in. Uh, uh, economic prosperity. We believe in entrepreneurism. So, what what message would you send to Joe Gutters to be able to uh, help him influence more Hispanics to run, and then to also support those same Hispanics that are running for office? Well, you know, I, I think you know Joe Gutters is, is a great leader, and um, you know uh, we're glad to have him. You know, but I think that he, I would, my suggestion to him is to look deeper into the numbers. You know, if you look at the numbers at face value, you know, the first thing you want to see there is money raised. And, but you got to look deeper into the numbers and look at the demographics in the last 10 years or the last three election cycles. How the Hispanic vote and the Hispanic population has doubled and tripled, especially after the hurricane and the earthquake um, from Puerto Rico. When you're talking about what's happening in Venezuela, when you're talking about, you know, what has happened before in Cuba, 
you're seeing a, a greater migration of Hispanics coming to Central Florida. You know, Venezuelans right now in Orange County are growing. They have multiplied fivefold. Got to look into those numbers and tap into that diversity because, like you said, you know, Hispanics in general, you know, faith, family, and freedom. <laughs> those are the three core principles of any Hispanic that I know. We all got raised in church, whether it be a Catholic church, Protestant, evangelical. We all came out of a church. You know, yeah. we all want freedom. You know, we all, you know, there is nobody more independent than a Hispanic. You know, if you look around the world, every Caribbean island, every uh, Hispanic country, you know, independence is a big theme, you know, of their livelihood, you know, uh, and, and freedom, you know, to, you know, faith, freedom and family. You know, there are no bigger gatherings than a Hispanic family. You know, <laughs> just look at the holidays, you know, 50 people in one house. You know, tap yeah. into the diversity and and help these, you know, first time Hispanic candidates get elected. Like right now we have Leo Valentin. And I know this is to talk about me, but we have a, a good aspiring candidate running for Congress, you know, to in a in a seat that's very flippable. It's a very purple area on the map, you know, that could be turned red again. You know, let's get behind Leo. Let's get behind some of the other Hispanic candidates that are first timers and get them elected, you know? Yeah. So the message, uh, if you're listening, uh, Mr. Grutters is look into the numbers and give us a shot. I mean, we, we are as conservative as they come and we're going to fight for freedom. That's 100% uh, accurate. As uh, Mr. Benny Valentin says, Benny, can you tell me a little bit about your platform? Um, you know, what, what, what are you looking to do? Uh, you know, what are some of the, maybe one or two topics that you, you want to fight for at the Florida legislator? Well, one of the things I want to talk about and, and you know, <laughs> it's the reason that I got into running in the first place, you know, everybody that there's something that motivates everybody that gets you into it. And one of the first things that got me to run for elected office was, you know, the huge problem that we got in the state of Florida with HOAs, you know, where HOAs are, are being run like the wild, wild west. There yes. is no, you know, you, you, a lot of people come from the North where, you know, in the North, you buy your home. The only other thing you're worried about is paying your taxes, you know, and that's your home. When you come out here, not only you have to worry about your taxes and your mortgage, but now you have to worry about losing your home to an HOA for $200. You know, there, there are a lot of, there's a couple of Florida statutes that need reinforcement and to give homeowners some of those rights back and leveling the playing field, you know, so some of these rogue HOAs, um, you know, are, are taking away homes. You know, there is no greater, you know, achievement to the middle class American red, white and blue family than owning a home, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I We've had, uh, we've heard a lot about uh, rogue HOAs uh, from our good friend, Peter Rivaldi, who has a show, um, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, on, on 97.9 uh, FM, he has a show mm -hmm. and he, he spoke about it at length as well. Uh, but yes, you're correct. Uh, HOAs uh, tend to be a big problem and people forget we're in America. We have property rights and, you know, um, we have great representatives like Elizabeth Featherhoff that represents the, the land area and some other parts who has uh, proposed legislation and it's actually passed as a freshman representative to prove a to prove a point that property rights matter 
Uh, Benny, with that being said, we're going to go on our first commercial break and we will be right back. All right. Thank you. Parada Mortgage, 800-731-3024. We believe that there is a mortgage program for everyone. And so we finance and guide our clients. As a veteran-owned business, we give back to our veterans. Let us finance you and make your American dream come true. Apply online at paradamortgage.us. Thank you so much for holding. And we are back with Dr. Benny Valentin. He is a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives in District 42. Benny, uh, how do you work under stress and time constraints? Because obviously, you know how Tallahassee is. Tallahassee is a mini, a mini uh, Washington, D.C. There's always hurdles. There's always changes. How do you work under that type of stress? Well, you got you to gotta, what you got to do is pre-plan. You got to organize and plan ahead. You can't wait to the last minute, you know, even though there are things that they probably feel very important right now. Um, but you got to put things in priority and perspective, put a plan together and, and focus on what can be done now. And the things that you realize can't be done now, don't stop working on them. Work on them, plan ahead and make sure you got future dates available to do it. You know, I work at least two businesses, plus my responsibilities at the sheriff's office at different universities, at the church, you know, time management and planning ahead. You know, going into Tallahassee, there's going to be people you're going to meet that do, do not share your values, specifically in Central Florida. So give me an example, if you can, uh, how you've worked with people who do not share your philosophy or your values and how you've been able to change your mind. Well, life is a give and take. You know, when I was director of operations, <laughs> Uh, of several Fortune 500 companies, we manage budgets of 250 million a year, 500 workers, you know, uh, more than 50 managers. You know, believe me, every day I ran into people that didn't share my philosophies or shared my, you know, my opinions or the plans that I had. But, you know, one of the ways is learning to give and take. Learn what other people, what their opinions are. Listen to them. Put value to them, you know. Uh, offer to help them in their goals. You know, you have to learn how to work people. And, and one of the best ways to work with people is help them first, help them achieve their goals, you know, while also keeping your goals present. You know, it's a give and take, you know, negotiations, you know, um, learning how to talk and learning how to change perception. You know, it, it's not about getting somebody to go along with you but getting somebody to understand and buy into what your plan is, you know? So I plan on first working on give and take, you know, helping my fellow legislators, but then also showing them and getting them to buying into, giving them a clear understanding of why some of the ideas and concepts that I have are important. And then 
give them an opportunity to find a middle ground. Because maybe I might not get all that I want, but maybe there's a middle ground that'll push us forward just a little bit enough to get at least one thing done. Where do you want to see your constituency in terms of development by your first term? Well, there's so many areas, you know, I mean, I think we need to come together definitely with the HOAs. I think we need to come together a little bit more with, um, you know, the, the funding for education throughout uh, Central Florida. You know, um, I think those are two big areas that that there needs to be more cohesiveness, you know, and every year I pay attention to all the bills that are submitted and legislation that is passed. And, you know, I, I feel that, you know, we can plan a little bit more better ahead. You know, there, there are things that are more important. And sometimes you see bills that are discussed every single year, like open carry on campuses. You know, I mean, great. That's a big subject. And there's a lot of people for it and against it. You know, but I would like to see that if after three years we've gained no ground on that, can we focus on something that's a little bit more important and then maybe get back to that, you know? Work a little bit like that because there's a lot more important things going on, especially in Central Florida, that we can come together with. Let you know, touching on that subject, <clears throat> one of our founding fathers said that being being in elected office, it's not only about writing good legislation, but also about getting rid of the real bad ones. Um, you know, it's 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 a very it's it's an opinion of the majority that. The Stoneman-Douglas bill that was passed was really bad legislation. You're essentially infringing on the rights of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds because you're taking away their rights to purchase certain firearms. Would you be, uh, you know, in favor of trying to re uh, rescind some of that legislation from the Stoneman-Douglas Act that infringes on those on those liberties? I think it's definitely something that I would support revisiting and maybe restructuring and coming together. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, you got 120 legislators. I think we, we can come together. You know, sometimes there's a lot of legislation that's put together because of the demand of the media, because of what happened at the moment. And we're not looking yes. at the bigger picture. We can't legislate about what happened today because what happens today, yes, it's important. And we don't want to, you know, uh, we don't want to make small of something big and and not consider other people's feelings but we can just just legislate every time something happens we're going to change the law we're going to do this we're going to do that no we got a plan and we got to talk and we got to prepare something that's gonna you know in the long run we don't have to keep revisiting and in the long run it's fair for everybody in other words don't legislate based on emotion legislate based on facts exactly Okay. So with, with that being said, can you tell me what does the constitution mean to you? It always has a different meaning for a lot of different people. And I always ask every single candidate that I have on my show, uh, on, on this show, what it, what the constitution means to them, because I think that's very important. A lot of people are running for office and some of them don't even know what, how many freedoms we have in our first amendment. So I ask you the same question. What does the constitution of the United States of America mean to you? Well, I think the, you know, the Constitution for me symbolizes protection. You know, it's it, it a guide on how we need we run this country, how we put together that 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 freedom that we have. So 
you know, it, from, for me, that constitution is my protection. It's what protects us from going into a dictatorship, from losing my faith and losing my right to faith, my right to freedom, you know, and, and protecting my family. You know, uh, there are a lot of countries right now that are suffering because they don't have a strong constitution like we do. They don't have freedom of speech. They don't have the Second Amendment. They don't have these constitutions of office and elected office, these rights that we all have that protect who I am, protect my freedom, protect my family. So for me, the Constitution is a symbol of protection and guidance on how we want this country to move forward. Benny, if there was one piece of legislation that you can say after your first term, I got my most important legislation through what would that be i would i would have to say the i would have to say the hoa and i'm going to tell i'm going to tell you why because i almost lost my home for 200 and in fact wow. I, i saw my neighbor an elderly woman uh whose husband had a heart attack and almost died lose her home for 500 you know because she couldn't battle in court because she was busy. The husband was in a coma after the heart attack. She has no kids. You know, she's plus 70 years old. She was working part-time in, in uh, Walmart um, for health benefits. And I lost a lot of people lose their home. And I've seen a lot of people paying ridiculous fines of $3,000, $5,000. You know, home ownership, I think it's at the core <laughs> of the foundation of this country. Believe it or not, it's one of those core values, one of those core principles. You know, that this is my home. This is my property. This is my castle. This is where my family sleeps at night and rests at night. And even though the world is falling apart, I come to my home and I feel, you know, I'm at peace. So I do believe and I, I strong that, you know, HOA is something that I'm going to attack from the day one. And it's going to be one of the main things to, to, to get accomplished and done. There are other things, but I'm going to stick to my guns and, and go with the NHOA. Okay. <clears throat> given, given what's happening here in uh, the country with our dependence on China, what, what can we do to possibly bring back some of those pharmaceutical companies? Uh, like right now, I know Peter Vivaldi and myself, <clears throat> we have a petition floating uh, to help bring that back to Puerto Rico. But not only to Puerto Rico, I mean, we can also bring some of it back to uh, the state of Florida. I mean, think about this. The Democrats uh, under Bill Clinton were the ones that took away the pharmaceutical companies from Puerto Rico, essentially creating a ghost town in areas of places like Aguadilla and, and, and West uh, Puerto Rico. <clears throat> How can we now take this moment that we're going through with this COVID-19 issue And what can we do to not only help our brothers and sisters of Puerto Rico, because they're American, and uh, <clears throat> help bring the pharmaceutical back to them, but also what can we do to bring some of that back to, I don't know, District 42? Well, I think we need to look at, you know, working together with the counties, you know, and, and incentivize these companies to come and build. You know, I mean, I think that right now, a lot of the counties in, in Florida, and especially in Central Florida, They, their only form of increasing the tax base is by developing homes. You know, so you got all this uh, agriculture land and cattle land that are now being sold and turned into a thousand, two thousand more homes. I think we, we need to look at to diversify and, you know, look to invest 
and incentivize some of these companies coming for some of these outer lands that we have instead of building another thousand, two thousand homes without having the infrastructure in place. Let's get some of these pharmaceutical companies here. Let's get some of these, you know, other uh, products. You know, Trump, you know, one of the things that, that, that I admired about him was that, you know, he said, you know, we're losing all our, you know, factory jobs, you know, to China, to all these other countries. You know, why, why are we not doing it here? Why are we not working and incentivizing and working with these big companies here? We need to bring some of those back. And he fought to bring some of them back and he brought some of them back. And you saw how the economy, you know, hit a large boom. You know, I think here, especially in Central Florida, we depend too much on overdevelopment of housing. And we're not focusing on, you know, that we might need to sit at the table with some of these big corporations like Samsung, you know, and say, hey, you know, uh, your production was brought to a hold. Apple, your production was, they closed all those factories in China you know, let's talk about opening some factories here. So if God forbid something don't happen in China again, where there's another virus that comes out of there, you know, production is not stopped because you got at least 40% of your production here in the United States. Exactly. <clears throat> that said, where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, you can mix it a little bit with politics and personal life, but we're, we're trying to see where your mindset is. Where, where do you see yourself, Benny, Dr. Valley Valentin, five years from today? Well, I see myself five years from now um, re-examining my life. Where, what have I accomplished and what is the next level? What else can I do? Rather than just enjoy a position and say, well, you know, I want to get re-elected. Okay, no. What have I accomplished? Refocus on my life and say, now what else can I do? Because my life has to be connected to doing something. I have to be able to contribute. It can't just be about a paycheck. It can't just be about, you know, the titles that I've obtained. But where am I contributing? You know, would that be maybe moving from the state house uh, to the Senate or maybe, you know, running for one of the congressional uh, seats? You know, taking my experiences and, and my abilities and saying, OK, what's next? What's the next level? Where's the next area where I can contribute? And, and, and one last thing that, that ties into that. When I was young, I was a, uh, I became a manager at McDonald's at 17 years old. And wow. the, the lady who, who prepared me for that position, uh, she gave me one piece of advice that I carry with me day to day and that I live by that advice. And she told me, if you want to keep growing and progressing and obtaining a higher position, you need to make sure you prepare somebody to fill the spot that you're going to leave vacant if you're moving forward. So five years from now, if I decide to run for the state house again to be reelected, because I believe I'm going to win, or move up to Senate or Congress, I want to make sure that I've prepared at least five other individuals, Hispanics, that could run for my office and run for other local offices, so that if I move to a different position or I go to work on something else, there's not a void left there. There's somebody else there that's qualified, prepared, and ready to take over and keep doing a good job. Benny, where can people reach you at? Do you have a website, a phone number, email? Where can people contribute to your campaign or get more information from you? They can visit me at, um, uh, my website is benny2020.com uh, or they can go to the Facebook, uh, 
which is the say it's bienvenido benny 2020 um also if you do hashtag 42 for you uh that is actually the slogan the platform i'm running on that you know statehouse district 42 does not belong to the big donors the developers the political uh groups or packs it belongs to you the constituents of uh statehouse 42 so anytime you do hashtag 42 my webpage or facebook is going to pop up benny uh any final words final thoughts why why you tell tell the people listening your potential constituency why they should vote for dr benny valentine hashtag 42 for you because i'm ready i have the experience and i'm passionate about my community i'm passionate about you know the diverse community that i live in and i believe that we can do a lot of great things if we come together you know so if you vote for me you're going to vote for somebody who's not only who's not only ready to get the, to to work on that job but it's somebody who's going to bring other people along and is going to make it about what can we do together not this is my position i am now a state house of representatives Dr. Benny Valentine, I want to thank you for being on today's show of Hispanics Lead Right. As you know, it's a presentation of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida, who has actually officially endorsed you as well. And uh, we we thank you for being on. Uh, to those listening, uh, we want to thank you for uh, tuning in to another broadcast of the Hispanics Lead Right. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day, and uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you very much for the opportunity to to speak today. And, you know, I just tell everybody that let's get out. Let's support the, the candidates that are there and let's get this done in 2020.